To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Midori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. One of the most powerful foundational elements that I've seen in companies is when they combine three elements. One is their zone of genius. What are they naturally really gifted at? Number two, what, what are they passionate about? What fires them up? And then number three, what is their core values? And when they can align all those three elements, they end up with a really cool, strong company that fires them up. And that's who we brought in today. Linda Alvarez has done exactly what I'm talking about. She has created a company called Lavelle Nutrition. And I'm gonna let you explain a little bit more, Linda, about what your business is all about and, and talk about your journey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to get to share more about our entrepreneurial journey with your listeners. Um, but a little bit about Lavelle. Lavelle is a sports food company empowering female athletes with fuel formulated for their physiology. So a lot of people don't realize this, but only 2.5% of sports nutrition products target women with little clarity if, if they're actually made for women or just smaller pinker products um, based on their male products. So shrinking and pinking. And my co-founder and I, before starting Lavelle, spoke to over 100 female athletes and heard this resounding theme of physical pain in response to current sports food products. So these are women who are marathoners, uh, triathletes, ultra cyclists, who throughout the course of training and competition need to have food products to keep going. And the current food products literally would cause headaches, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, muscle cramps, all throughout the course of imagine a 26.2 mile marathon. Right. Which I wouldn't even want to deal with any of those symptoms on the couch, let alone when I'm being physically active. Um, and outside of that problem, what was so compelling for us was that every single woman we spoke to felt as though it was her body that was the problem and not products on the market. And that just infuriated my co-founder and I. And we had noticed that even within ourselves, we had done the same thing with products on the market. Um, my co-founder and I were both athletic. Um, we had used sports food products. And every time I had a reaction, I always thought, oh, yeah, well, I have a sensitive stomach. And to be able to talk to now, we've spoken to hundreds of female athletes and to know that this is something that we're not alone in and that Lavelle gets to be the product and the company that is changing that and gets to listen to female customers, female athletes to make products that really address our needs is what is so exciting about starting this company, about growing Lavelle. Um, so I'm excited to share more about our whole process. <laughs> 
Yeah, no. And it's so interesting because we do come up with excuses for things, right? And so when you figure it out and you can create a product that solves that issue, it's impactful, especially if it's, you know, something that's in alignment with, with what you said, you are, you're an athlete and so is your co-founder. And so we can align those items and make such a difference and it gets you fired up. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. So when you started your business, in fact, how long have you had this business? Yeah. So we started the business February, 2021 and funny story. We started the business without a product. We knew the problem. And then actually Mm -hmm. throughout, you know, 2021 into 22, we built out our first few formulas. We tested them out with athletes and then we just commercially launched this past April. So congratulations. Thank you. Okay. So let me ask you this then, since it is a newer company, have you set goals for your company? Like had a big nugget where you're like, if we reach this goal, we know we're on our way. We know that we've reached a certain level of success. Did you have anything like that? Yeah, I think it was more so, and this is a goal that I still hold very true, is every time that we have conversations in terms of what our company is about or doing any sort of pitch presentation, I look at our product as not just being a sports product that's helpful for athletes. I see really the penetration into the market of our product that men, women, kids, you know, uh, grandparents are able to use the product and to use it with confidence. Um, And so that's like a very large goal that I put out there. And I always use that as my guiding star in order to kind of build a high growth type of company and not get centered into or boxed into kind of the everyday tasks that we have to get done in order to be successful operationally. Um, I think what we do a good job of as a team is that every level of growth, we really examine the challenges that we have within that level. And Lavelle and Lavelle. Um, But we really examine those challenges. And I really encourage to that if you are growing, you're going to have challenges. And it's those periods where you don't have challenges that you should be kind of investigating, why am I plateauing? Um, And to use each of those challenges as a way to solve for and set you up for the success in your next stage of growth. Um, So I think, for example, like something that was a really big accomplishment for us was we came up with the formulation pretty early within 2022, and it took us over a year to get manufactured. We had gone out, we had to go out to multiple manufacturers. They didn't either meet our quality of standards um, or were able to kind of complete the process we had. And we had to go back to the drawing board and figure out what's the way that we're able to still create this economically and efficiently in order to still fund a high growth campaign. Um, And so actually now we... We were a New York State Innovation um, Commercialization Competition winner. And through that funding really gave us the capital to build out our own manufacturing line, which has its own set of challenges. <laughs> of course. So let me just ask you this, Linda. Yeah. So 
you had to you had to create the product. You knew that you saw you knew the problem. That's a good place to that's a yep. really strong place to start, right? <laughs> what are you solving? And then you had to find the manufacturer that met all your guidelines. But on the reason why you have all that is to achieve a bigger goal, which in fuel the fire, we call it our summit goals. If you think of a yep. mountain, you want to get to that summit, right? And then there's always a new summit that you want to go climb. But you have that that nugget of the summit. So you mentioned high growth. And, um, you know, and then getting the funding for your business. So was there a certain funding amount that you were shooting for as one of your summit goals? Yeah. Um, and I think too, that kind of for our first raise, we were looking, um, at, you know, less than, um, kind of for this initial growth, we weren't looking at, I would say a typical VC going out and we had a couple of angel investors. We also too, um, were really looking into competitions. We, with the economy this past year, we totally understand too, how difficult it was to raise. And that was particularly why we looked at how do we take part in different state funding opportunities and competitions in order to show that customer product fit and that traction to really kind of lead to that high growth. We are looking um, over 2024 to end up doing a larger raise. And that raise is to really kind of um, to essentially buy the machinery that allows us to manufacture at a larger scale, to actually work with different co-manufacturing partners and grow the company to a stage that we're ready to kind of take a large national marketing push. Um, but it's all, again, going back to it's all about kind of finding what those steps are in order to get to that endpoint. And for that, that summit goal for us, so often when we go out to pitch, one of the first questions I get asked after, um, and I had changed it so that way I answer this question during my pitch, but people don't think that women are out there playing sports. People don't think that women are active. People don't, don't, people don't understand that women need specific nutrition based on our physiology. Um, and so I am excited for that summit goal of it's never, it's not a question anymore that women deserve proper sports nutrition. And we have the possibility of not only really growing a segment of the sports nutrition market, but creating our own market that is really focused on women's nutrition and active women's nutrition. Oh, okay. So that's a big, that's a big summit goal. So that's, that's more than, summit. yeah, we usually do it. We have 12 month goals, three month goals, and then 10 year goals, right? That's and our so, 10 year, like, yeah, that's kind of like a vision, a vision. Exactly. And, yeah, so I love that. And then you talked about, okay, how are we going to do this? And I want to dive into that for a second, because what I see so often with entrepreneurs is they set those big, exciting goals, which for most of us as entrepreneurs, we're visionaries, right? So we yeah. think of those big things and that's what fires us up. But then it's like, oh, wait a minute, how the heck am I going to do that? And that can be so overwhelming. And often people, not just not just women, any entrepreneur will start doing all these different things, right? And spreading themselves thin and then nothing works because they're doing too many things. Yeah. So figuring out what we call the approach goals, right? So you approach the summit. What are your approach goals, which are your 90 day or quarterly goals that move you in the right direction, even though you don't know 
exactly how you're going to get to that summit yet. So you've talked about a couple of them. You talked about you need to come up with who's going to produce this for you, right? You came up with the, what you wanted, the formulation. So that was one approach goal. Number two, I just want to dissect this so people can yeah, kind of see how to, how to think about this is the manufacturer, right? Someone who meets your parameters. Um, and then number three, you needed to get some funding so you could produce this. And it sounds like along the way, some of the, cha- I want to talk about challenges that you encountered was that you realize we want to bring a lot of this in-house. Did I hear you correctly with, with production? It was, um, I think we ended up because of the challenges bringing it in house. And I say that just because what was shocking to me was in kind of how the food landscape is right now, it's really difficult to break in and any other food founders, like I'm here for you. Like I am always happy to connect with other founders too. Um, but it's it's incredibly difficult to break in. And I say this, for example, that even with, you know, this is one of our um, energy puree pouches in our Yes We Cran flavor, there are manufacturers that are capable of doing this. However, on a small scale, they're looking at minimum orders of 500 to 100 gallons, which is about 50 to 100,000 units for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it had to be like, okay, if we can't, go that route just yet. We're not ready to take that big dive just yet. Um, How do we then break that up into a smaller step Um, that still allows us to have margins to grow, to go into wholesale and retail, um, but, you know, isn't necessarily what we had thought to do. And I, I had spoken to another founder a couple of weeks ago, and we were joking around that, you know, you build out a business plan but kind of in startup land every week, there's a new change that alters that business plan. And it's about being flexible and it's about being able to triage how all of these things look within the bigger picture of things. And again, too, how does the solution to this challenge feed into the success of my next challenge and my next summit? Because there's always going to be a new challenge. There's always, always going to be, yeah, right. <laughs> there's always going to be some summit. But as long as you're moving forward in the right direction and you have the idea. So for you, you need to manufacture this product, right? So you yep. need to, to produce X amount. So the first way that you thought about was hiring a company to do it. But then you realize, oh, that's not going to work out quite the way that we intended. Right. So <laughs> then you have to come to plan B. And that's where the nimbleness of being an entrepreneur, you have to be, right? And it's, it's right. just part of it. It's part of it. And it's, it's too, it's also acknowledging this is the work that I can get done within my team. And then what is, what are the other tasks that I can find a partner to work on a consultant group? Um, you know, possibly another startup that is doing something similar in collaboration with, how do you find those creative outlets? Because what's exciting as a, you know, or a smaller startup or a smaller company with a smaller team, you have that flexibility and creativity to do different partnerships and some of the bigger level players just don't have the capacity to do. Um, So, you know, we're talking now to actually a couple of um, 
both different retail partners and race directors of what are different ways we can creatively collaborate that they don't necessarily have the opportunity to do with a larger partner. Yep. I'm all about the collaborations and the partnerships, right? I, I work with a gentleman who was at Nike for over a decade and we talk about it all the time. And when you can get those, those right collabs, It can change everything and takes such a lift off of you and can be quite frankly, more productive and more fun. So, (laughs) right. It just kind of helps. So I'm glad that you brought that up. What would you say, you know, another thing that I see with, with especially women owned businesses is we get into a bubble, right? We, we get stuck on things. So do you have a you know, another, a mentor or other women who are like-minded that are not, that's not your best friend and not your mom um, or your cousin, you know, that, that you reach out to who supports you, that helps you kind of bounce ideas and um, act as, as your, as a a so-called advisor for you, but also where you can go and talk about, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was going to happen. This is terrible. Or this is wonderful. Like those type of conversations. Do you, have you added that into your kind of your business mix? Totally. Um, And so there, there are two levels of that. I think in one level of not necessarily advisory or mentorship, but having a co-founder and having a co-founder that my co-founder, Stephanie, she and I are very different. Um, We met in business school. um, And actually we joke around that when we met, we weren't even friends. And it was through the process of working together that we've become really great friends. Um, But we have this great relationship where the things that I know I'm weak on or I am not as sure on, she has those strengths and it's it's a great foil. Um, and she's also the type of person that, and I can do the same with her, but having a co-founder that can easily tell you no, or I don't think that that idea works is really important. Um, and so that I appreciate within our working relationship. And I think that's been why we've been a successful team. And then we have an amazing advisory and mentorship network. Um, both my co-founder and I, this was not our first career. So I'm trained as a physician. Um, and I actually worked within the labor union as well. So I was familiar with both of those aspects. My co-founder worked as um, product manager and VP of product management for a data company. And so very different realms. And in order to get into food manufacturing, we knew that we were smart. We knew that we were capable, but we needed that advisement and mentorship and kind of a a backboard that we could go out and ask, like, does this make sense? Who do we go to talk to about retail? How do we develop these things? And I'm so thankful for that network. And it's going out and doing different networking events and seeing who you connect with and who you click with or who are different people that have reached those goals that you're looking for that are maybe even one or two, three steps ahead of you within their business journey, you are going to learn so much and you develop such an amazing network. So we have we have a, 
another company that we're really good friends with. They make amazing vegan jerky. They're about two, three steps ahead of us. We share different race director lists and different event lists. We try to go out together to, if I can't go to an event, she'll bring our product. If she can't come, I'll do the same for her. And so having that type of network is so supportive. And you, I really do feel that so much more with female founders that we all know the struggle of of going through this and we all want to help other women succeed in this because we know of how rewarding it is. Um, so like even to, if I can give a shout out, one of our advisors, mentors is Andrea Ippolito. She is amazing. She is um, faculty at Cornell. She started her own companies and she was just, when we were first starting off, she gave us such an amazing blueprint and to have somebody like her that we could have just sent an email to and said, Hey, do you have time to connect on this? And her being open and willing to was, it's so I'm so thankful for that. Having just that one, you know, one person or a group of people makes such a profound difference Yeah. versus trying to do it all yourself. Or when you're bashing your head against the wall, trying to figure out, oh my gosh, how are we going to produce this? Right. Or right. how are we going to expand our business and having someone that you can go to just, uh, even if you have the idea of what you're going to do, having someone to bounce it against makes it's so much easier. It moves you so much faster. Yeah. I've seen it over and over again. So thank you for sharing that. But now we're shifting gears. You ready, Linda? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is if you got to go on a date <laughs> and sky's the limit, you got to go you know, to your favorite restaurant, you got to go on a plane, you got to spend the whole day with this person and ask whatever questions you want and no one was going to get jealous. You had to pass everything else. Who would it be? So I'm going to give you three options. And if it's someone else, you can add in that extra person. Perfect. These are all okay. business people. Okay. Yeah. So one is Jeff Bezos. Number two. And also we have to assume that they're alive. Okay. 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 That that makes it so, harder. Cause I was like, Julia Child, is she on the list? But no, that's fair. <laughs> right. So it could be Julia. She's fantastic, right? Um, Jack Ma, he's the mm -hmm. founder for those listening, the founder of Alibaba. He's insane. I, I might go on a date with him. I think I, that's who I would pick, but not to not to skew the answers at all. Um, and then let's add in Julia. Yeah. Julia Childs. Okay. So out of those three, who would you pick and why? Um that's that's a good question. And I know I added in Julia, as you were going about people that were alive, I'm RuPaul Char Charles is incredible with how he's been able to build an empire. But um, I mean, I would have to go with Julia because I don't know if you know Julia's, Julia Child's story, but she had just gone through, I don't want to say she was always fighting in her life, but she really was trying to fight for her place within, not just within cooking, because that came later in life, but within kind of various levels of employment and, and family life. And the fact that she went towards cooking in a passion that she loved later in life and built an empire out of it. I mean, 
I, I'm not sure the age of your listeners, probably people that, you know, have been born in the 2000s weren't as familiar with it. But I grew up with Julia Child on my TV, like, and her book was one of my first cookbooks. I, I mean, all of my family members have them. And it's, she, she created such, such an empire through kindness and always still being herself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel as though, and she allowed the public to see that. And I think too, in a lot of ways, kind of right now with the Instagram, TikTok, social media culture, everything needs to look perfect all of the time. As founders, as business owners, we're not perfect all of the time. And it makes us uh, and often <laughs> often we're not. Let's be honest. Oh no not. Right? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, I find her to be such a relatable entrepreneur and such a role model. And I would also love to get some recipes from her. <laughs> right. She'd be a great person to go on a date with, especially because she could make you an amazing meal. <laughs> and she's so real, right? And she was kind of one of the first influencers. Yeah. Right. She and was. as far as cooking, especially, she was one of the influencers and she built an empire, as you were saying. And um, I think she was a good pick for you. Yeah. So I fantastic. Mean before people didn't allow women teaching cooking on TV. Like that was crazy. And she was like, who else is going to do it? And that's, yes. that's the attitude that we take too. like, when we found out how little sport nutrition products there were for women, we were like, who else is going to do this? Like, let's, let's do this. Let's get it done. Um, so big heart to Julia. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you, Julia, for, for paving that way. <laughs> Well, this has been delightful to hear about your story and what you've been able to achieve in really a short period of time. Congratulations to you, you and your partner. So where can people find out more about your product and about you? Yes. So please check out Lavelle.com, LavelleNutrition.com. Both will take you there. It's spelled L-E-V. E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Um, there's also a contact form on there. So if you're an athlete, you tried the product, you love the product, you want to reach out to us, please. If you're also an entrepreneur and you're going through this journey, I have had so many amazing advisors through this that it's a big part of who we are as entrepreneurs is giving back that time and working with other founders. So if anything we talked about today resonates with you, please reach out and would love to, to connect with you. Um, and then also, too, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Lavelle Nutrition. There you go. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and your journey. And we wish you so much luck. Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy and so much fun to talk about. And I look forward to listening to the other episodes that you're going to have. Yes, thank you. <laughs>